You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. I am speaking very shortly to geologist Dr. Simon Cox about some of the issues that South Dunedin is facing. And these include infrastructure, climate change issues, but I think that Simon will be able to explain them to everyone. So I'm going to bring him on to air now. Kia ora, Simon, are you there? Morena, and good morning, listeners. <laughs> good morning. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And so, first up, Simon, in your opinion, what are some of the most pressing issues currently facing South Dunedin, specifically ones that need to be addressed as soon as possible to ensure the safety of the area? Well, um, this morning I, I, I just want to preface my, my statements by saying that I'm going to give you a personal perspective and not one that's official from GNS Science, who I work for. That's because um, my real view on South Dunedin and, the, and its future is that the biggest problem is social unity. Um, and I think that's in how we deal with the problems of climate change and sea level rise. So most people will realise it's a low-lying piece of land and there's a lot of issues around groundwater, flooding, sea level rise and changing rainfall intensity. And, and when you talk about safety... Um, that those issues, most of them don't really involve safety per se for people. They, they, there's, there's issues for, for, for life safety risk if the dunes break. Um, there's issues for um, property and for financial risk. But to me, the real big one is community well-being, community structure, mental health, and the general um, feeling of the area. And Social unity is, is really a big um, problem. Um, just to go one step more with that, that, that uh, analogy is that it's a bit like a game of rugby where we're the underdogs. We're playing against this huge, almighty team um, of sea level rise and climate change. And to have any chance, we need to, have, we need to be kind of a, a cohesive and agile and adaptable sort of community and, 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 and deal with it in a wise way. And the problem we've got is around keeping unity and we need to keep a common goal together. Globally, we've got a real problem with climate change because we've now got wars going on, we've got sort of Russia doing stupid things, we've got you know issues coming up which is stopping us from preventing CO2 rising. But locally, we've got issues with three waters and, and fighting between national uh, government and local government. But internally, we have problems at a small scale with the community not supporting our council and sort of dissatisfaction that occurs. So the, to me, the biggest problem is us getting on the same page, getting together and dealing with it in, in in a, in, a, in a way where we ensure we have social equity and that everybody gets uh, the issues sorted that they need done. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And when you say community and needing to really act as one, I'm assuming as well that you mean all of Dunedin, that we need to be aware of the issues that we face as a community and as a whole in order to properly raise attention to some of them and so we can move forward in better safety, including mental health and community unity and response? Yeah, absolutely. It's South Dunedin issue is a problem for all of Dunedin. 
um, it's so critical to the to the functioning of the city, and having that community vi- viable and and um, and vibrant is is very important. I mean, you can see when social um, issues break down and you start getting people doing you know stupid things like ram raiding and things like that. Um, but if you're going in a common direction and you you kind of understand how you're going to deal with it, you're going to be much better playing that game. Mm. And I guess just building on that, since South Dunedin is such an integral part of Otipoti, and it is one of Dunedin's most diverse and populous suburbs, uh, are there some negative consequences for this part of Dunedin? Uh, can you predict that will likely affect how the city runs as a whole if one part of our community is damaged or has these uh, issues which prevents it from really being able to fully thrive? Well, there's physical challenges uh, in in any setting that you've got, whether you're on the hill slopes uh, with landslides or whether it's you know down in the low-lying areas with flooding. You've just got to deal with them, work through them, and in some cases they're going to be expensive to sort out, if you can at all, and engineer your way out. And in other cases it's... Um, you know, it, it might be something that you have to make decisions around that, that's just too hard. And you mentioned earlier on a bit about the coastline, I believe, and this has got me wondering as well, is the landfill under Kettle Park a ticking time bomb? This sits really close to the coastal area and is at risk of coastal erosion. And so are there some steps that we are taking to prevent a hazardous situation for the coastal area? And also, whose idea do you know was it to put a landfill there in the first place? <laughs> well, I'm a geologist and I'm not an engineer, and I don't know the specific <laughs> details of Kettle Park, but um, my understanding is that uh, there are some investigations that will be starting soon with some drilling um, over the next few months, and, uh, and that's very welcome. Um, I guess the key thing with it in, at the moment is to make sure that yeah, we know where it is um, and, and what, what's there. At this stage, I don't think we do fully, but um, we just don't want to exacerbate that problem. So ticking time bomb, no, I, yeah, I don't think so. Um, it's just an issue that, that will have to be dealt with. We just have to be very careful that if we're doing other things um, that we don't exacerbate it and that, you know, create anything that might have some very real consequences if it's left unattended. Um, I suspect it's just kind of one of many of the environmental and infrastructure-related issues that we're going to have to deal with, um, and they're going to come up very rapidly as we start having sea level rise kind of changing the erosion rates around the coast. And in regards to helping to solve these issues that affect and will and are, in fact, continuing to affect all of us as a community, can you recommend any ways that locals can help ensure the safety of the area, perhaps without the need for expertise in uh, geological engineering? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a responsibility to do all of their small part. Um, and it's not just a South Dunedin problem. Um, but I, would, I guess I would have three different things that I'd ask people to do. And I'd say, firstly, be selfish. And, and what I mean by that is that anyone that's living anywhere near a drain needs to make sure that it's clear. And I'd say adopt a drain. Be selfish, adopt a drain. Uh, Because if you go and look at it and make sure that it's clear, it's going to be working, it means that it's less likely to flood your property. And then that actually helps us as a whole system. So if we all do that little bit, 
Um, the second one I'd say is to be a supporter. And I'd say adopt the counsellor. We, we tend to kind of beat up and go, oh, they should be doing this and they should be doing that. Well, actually, they're just human beings and they're representing us. And it really worries me that, that we get this kind of negative kind of thing against the council when it's really difficult for them to operate. We are now in an environment where there's so many complexities around trying to do things that we need to support them. You know, you take your average councillors at all these meetings all day long and they come home and they're knackered. You know, I would like to see people take them some scones or be kind to them um, because that in itself would be a great thing. Be a supporter of the team, not a detractor from it. And then finally, I'd say be aware. Um, you know, look for things that don't make sense. Understand the hazards. Try and understand what's going on. And, 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 and as we build our science around the flooding and the groundwater and the and, and and what's going on then you know people should follow us with that ride but don't assume that that we've got all the answers because it's a very complex set of problems definitely thank you simon and just to as a final question i guess as well what is better for dealing with coastal erosion sand sausages or a sand groin it does sound like a joke but it's not <laughs> do you have any Expertise or any idea of what one is better for the coast? Um, no, I don't really. They're, they're, they're both engineering solutions and they do completely opposite things in that the sausages try to stop the sea from eroding the dunes and taking the sand away, but they have strong kind of lateral effects at the ends, which, you know, that's one of the concerns is, is you don't want to propagate that up into the area where the landfill is at the moment. On the other hand, the groins are designed to trap sand with lateral movement um, as it moves along the coast. Um, And so it's sort of trapping and and trying to keep it there. And I guess my view is that at St Clair, I'm I'm just not convinced that we holistically know all the details of the sediment transport, where it's coming from and where it's going to and how fast it's moving at. It's still very much a kind of a one-eyed view that we have of the of the coastal system um and i you know i'd honestly i'd like to see the university have a much bigger role in that i'd like to see you know three or four postdocs and five phds sort of working with the in the coastal fringe environment and trying to understand what's going on there um supported you know supporting um mike hilton and wayne stevenson and abby smith and people doing more with understanding that coastline it's a huge unknown, um, and I guess in the meantime, the, the the issue is whether we should just do something, and 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 we can't sit there and and sit around waiting for the results. I think ultimately, we have to come up and have a try at it, and and um, and make sure that we don't have a breach of the dunes because that would be catastrophic for the city. That's mm. a really important. Um, zone. So which is better? Um, probably both. They're both doing the same thing. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm not sure about the actual details of the groin and because I don't know enough about what's happening in the water. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for joining me to speak about some of the issues facing both the South Dunedin community, but also the entire community of Dunedin, and for helping us understand that we can take individual action as well and we really need and it's kind of at the forefront having that unity within the community so thank you so much simon
Yeah, thank you very much for, for, for the opportunity to speak and, and thank you also particularly to the South Dunedin Community Association, the Ratepayers Association and the Sinclair Action Group uh, and, and some of the other community groups that are bringing people together to try and work with the DCC, not against them. I think that's a huge important step of, that, of building social unity. So thank you very much and um, yeah, I'm always open to questions if people want to contact me at GNS Science. That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.